Want to improve your leadership skills, achieve your business goals, or grow your ministry? Marketplace Ministry Coaching can help. I have helped countless kingdom-minded entrepreneurs and ministry professionals to unlock their full potential and achieve their goals. Sign up for coaching now and take the first step towards success. Visit MarketplaceMinistryPodcast.com slash coaching to learn more. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that examines business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when done well, brings glory and honor to God. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. On today's show, I want to talk to you about dreams and visions and where they come from and how they impact your life. And as we dive in today, I want to bring your attention to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And the scripture says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This same set of scriptures is quoted in the book of Acts when Peter stands up and begins to minister on the day of Pentecost after the Holy Spirit falls upon them, that in the last days, God will cause you to have dreams and visions. I had a dream where I had woke up, and in this dream, I had seen a white snake. Now, I don't know what the significance of the snake was, but it had two heads on it. One at what would be the tail, and one at the head. And I was alarmed at this strange creature, so I did what any reasonable person would do in, in this situation if you encountered such a snake, I stomped on it several times, and then once it was once the two heads were severed, and there were f- four body segments laying all over the place, three of the segments joined to the head and grew back a new tail, and I had a four-headed snake, and then the other head was just off to the side, dwindling. This was the head that was at the tail, and I woke up, and I thought, that was an odd dream. I wonder what it means. And so I began to study what the Word of God says about dreams. I started seeking out answers from resources that I found through the library. And I also dove into Clubhouse, where incidentally there were several rooms that were recorded all about dreams and the interpretation of dreams. So I spent some time researching dreams and dream interpretation, and I came to figure out that the interpretation of dreams belongs to God. So if you have a dream, you need to seek God and ask him, what does it mean? And then I thought about, I thought about Joseph. I thought about Joseph and his dreams, how he had a dream on one night that Sheaves of wheat stood up. His sheaf was in the middle, and then there were 12, there were 11 other sheaves that bowed down to him. And his brothers rebuked him, saying, What? Are we, are we your 11 brothers going to bow down to you? And they were jealous and they were indignant because of him. Well, then the next time he had a dream, he had a dream that involved the sun, the moon, and the stars. 
and the stars, the sun and moon came and bowed down before him. And when he told this dream to his father, Isaac rebuked him and said, surely you don't mean that your mother and my, and your brothers are going to bow down before you, son. You need to get your head out of the clouds and stop dreaming these kinds of dreams. Well, it's interesting that all through my study, we just, we opened up with God saying that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and young and old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions. God's going to give you these dreams and visions. In fact, I would submit to you that the language of God is dreams and that he speaks to you in dreams using symbols that only you can understand. But I thought about Joseph and how he had his two dreams. And so I went to bed that night after I had the, the dream with the snake. And I said, surely God, you're trying to tell me something. So I pray that you will speak to me tonight when I go to sleep. And I prayed for another dream. Well, the next night I had a different dream. And I'm not sure if the two dreams were related at, at all, but that second dream, I was in church and I was sitting on the front row and one of the armor bearers came up to me and said, Pastor Terry wants you to take off your shoes. And immediately I became indignant in my dream. I'm like, why do I need to take off my shoes? I don't need to take off my shoes. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to sneak out of the back and nobody's going to see that I'm, I'm sneaking out. But then I happened to glance over and two chairs away from me is Pastor Terry. And I was like, great. I cannot get out of this. I'm going to have to take my shoes off. And so I did. Reluctantly, I took them off. And when I did, in the very next scene of my dream, in the seat where I was sitting, I see my son Paxton, the one who has autism. And he's got a button-up shirt that he's trying to button. And this is a hard task for Paxton. It's it's something that the demand is so great for him that it's, it's something that he would avoid doing. But he's trying with all his heart to button up his shirt. And he gets to the top button and he puts the button through the hole and he's successful at putting the button through the hole. And he looks up at me with a big toothless grin on his face. He throws his hands up in the air, fists clenched like, yes, I did it. And then I woke up and I thought, that was an interesting dream. <laughs> Goodness, what are you trying to tell me, God? Well, as I meditated on this, this thought about the snake, I came upon this conclusion that with the snake, it's a linear object, right? Yeah. So you've got a snake that has a tail and a head. But in this case, it had two heads, one at the tail and one at the head. Immediately, I thought about that as if it was like a timeline. And the tail end of the snake represented my past, and the front, the head of the snake, represented my future. Now, I was scared. This was a, this was a crazy-looking creature that I was not willing to, to deal with. I didn't want to accept it at that moment, so I stomped on it. And when I did, I think what God was trying to tell me is that he is severing my past from my future. That's what I see when I see this, the, the tail of the snake, which is my past. I see it being cut off from my future. 
But because I overreacted and I stomped on it so many times and it ended up with four heads, there's four possible destinations for my future. And I have to be willing to follow God, whatever he tells me to do. And that's what I got out of that dream. Now, you might be thinking, Jason, that's crazy. I don't know how you got that out of a snake with four heads, but you know what? That's okay. You don't have to be a master dream interpreter to understand this. You, you might think that it meant something completely different. You know, a white snake often means um, purity. So God's trying to purify my future. And the way he's going to do that is by cutting off the past. The past has no hold over me today. Everything that happened back then, that was a different Jason. And that Jason is dead. The one going forward, there's opportunity that lies ahead. That's all I know that that dream meant to me. Well, the second dream, I knew the interpretation instantly. It was easy because as I'm sitting there and I'm meditating on it, I'm like, okay, I have somebody coming to me. And I realized this, that the characters that I cast in the dream don't mean anything. These are just people that are taking on a role that means something to me because God is speaking to me in symbols that only I would understand. And so what I understand is that when someone who has a message comes to me, that's an angel because angels are messengers of God. And so that means that Pastor Terry in this particular dream wasn't Pastor Terry, but it was God. And God had sent a messenger to me to tell me to do something so simple, so simple. Take off your shoes. It reminds me of the scripture where, Mo, where God is talking to Moses and says, take off your shoes for where you're standing is holy ground, right? But this messenger comes to me and tells me to take off my shoes. And at first, at first, I didn't want to do it. I was embarrassed. I had a little bit of arrogance about it. I There was certainly a degree of, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. Who do you think you are telling me to take off my shoes, right? I had that. It was pride. And so in that moment, I took off my shoes and then I saw my son Paxton who I already told you has trouble doing the simplest tasks that we could, that we do as adults. And when I saw him button that first button, the, the answer to that dream became so clear to me. God was saying to me, Jason, I'm going to ask you to do something that's so simple and you're not going to want to do it. But when you do, it will produce great joy in your life and it will be the very first step on your journey with me. Are the two dreams connected? It's quite possible that they are, that God is asking me to do something. And in my spirit, I got, it just jumped like, all right, God, I got it. You're going to ask me to do something and I'm not going to want to do it. That's how I'm going to know that God is speaking to me, is he is going to tell me something that I can do, that's easy to do, that I ordinarily do any other time, 
and he's going to ask me to do it, and I'm not going to want to do it. When I have that check in my spirit that God's telling me to do something, and I feel like, nope, I'm not doing it, I'm going to say yes. In fact, I'm at that point in my life where I don't know what God's going to ask me to do. So when an opportunity comes up to serve in ministry, like for example, a couple days after I had this dream, an email came out from the church asking for volunteers to be on the church cleaning cleaning team. And I was like, well, I don't feel that check of I don't want to do it, but I can do it. So I'm going to say yes, because I'm just going to say yes, because it could be anything. Cleaning the church is easy. It's a simple task. I'm not going to miss God because I, I said no. I'm willing to do whatever he asks me to do. And that's where we all need to be in our walk with God. If he asks you to do something, you do it. You say yes. Recently, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but I'll go ahead and share it now because it's significant and relevant to this conversation, is a few months ago, God told me to eat kosher. And I thought that was weird. The reason I thought it was weird is I'm not Jewish. I don't know anything about kosher. I don't have a rabbi. I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything, right? So I began doing some study, researching about what it means to eat kosher. And I discovered that you can't eat meat with dairy. That's the simple, the simplest understanding. And of course, if you look in the Bible, you look at the scripture, you have in the Levitical law, you have the foods that you're allowed to eat, what you're not allowed to eat. We also know that when when God appeared to Peter and gave him his dream of going and speaking to the Gentiles, um, the the dream that he gave to, to Peter was all of these unclean animals fell upon a like a picnic sheet and God said, rise up and eat. And Peter's like, why would I eat something that's unclean? And then God said to, to Peter, don't call unclean what I have made clean. So I'm not saying that you have to do what I'm doing. My wife isn't doing what I'm doing. I'm doing this because God asked me to do it. And so I'm eating kosher. I'm doing my best to eat kosher, whatever that means. And I'm learning. I'm probably not doing it perfectly. But every step of the way, I am trying to go deeper with God. I'm not doing this. Don't hear me and say, oh, you're trying to be Jewish. You're trying to be all legalistic and and do things like your works are going to earn your way into heaven. That's not what I'm doing. I'm simply doing what God's asking me to do. And I feel it so strongly that he wants me to eat kosher. I've, I've had this feeling for a long time but it was just recently that he really put it upon my spirit to do it. And so I get to be selective about what I eat. I've learned that there's three categories that, that comprise eating kosher. You have pareve or parve, however it's said, and that's neutral foods. And inside this neutral category, it includes fish and eggs, which you would think would fall in the meat category, but it doesn't. It falls in pareve. So that's awesome. And then you've got dairy, which is mostly your milk and butter and cheese, all that good stuff. And then you have meat. And then it comes, it gets even further, like you cannot eat certain cuts of meat with, with kosher because 
I don't know. It says you can only eat the cuts of the the upper part of the animal. So if you you eat lower parts, that's not kosher. But that means I couldn't eat a cheeseburger because a cheeseburger mixes meat with cheese and you can't have meat with cheese at the same time. And the reason for that is the scripture says that you shall not boil a mother, you shall not boil a calf in his mother's milk. And that scripture alone is what has created this mitzvah of not eating meat with dairy. That's a commandment of God. I don't understand it. It may mean there's some kind of chemical reaction that takes place in your body. I don't I don't know. I don't know what what it is, but I'm trusting God that by being faithful to what he's called me to do and asked me to do, that he's going to prosper me in my way. It may be for a season that I do this. It may be for a lifetime. It's a lifestyle. But, you know, I've, I've learned through eating kosher that just because my options are limited doesn't mean that I don't have freedom. I have a lot of freedom to choose what I eat. But I have to eat within the confines of what Scripture tells me and what God has told me to eat. What's God asking you to do? He's asking you to do something. Every day he wants, wants us to do something for his kingdom. Are you listening to his voice? Are you listening to what God is saying to you? Whatever he's saying, do it. Do it with all your might. Trust him for the results. We're not responsible for the results, by the way. We're just called to do our part. And when we do our part, he shows up and he does the rest. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this episode today. I thank you, God, that those who have heard it, I pray that you spoke to them today through my words, through my insights, God, that you have deposited something into their spirit and that you're going to push them to go out and do something different in their business, in their relationships. And that thing that you're calling them to do, Father, that vision, that dream that you've dropped in their spirit, Father, that you are going to see it come to pass because you are not a man that you should lie. Your word, when it goes out from you, never returns to you void. So I have faith and hope, believing and trusting that whatever you ask them to do, that you are going to bless them for their obedience. So I thank you, Father, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope this message encouraged you today. If there's anything I can do to be a help to you, be sure to stop by our website, marketplaceministrypodcast.com. You can send me an email there. Um, Also, we do have coaching available for you if you need to talk to somebody about anything. I'm here to coach you about anything. I'm here to help you with whatever issues you have in your life. I'm willing to listen and to create a safe space for you to get your issues off your chest. And so if you would like an opportunity to work on whatever challenges you may have, then simply send me a text at 502-833-6136. It's 502-833-6136. And say, coaching. Just put that in the, in the text of your message, coaching. 
and I will send you a link to set up an appointment to where we can sit down and have a chat. And uh, this will be a complimentary call. You won't, receive, you won't receive an invoice for it. It's my gift to you for being a listener to this show. So if you want to take advantage of that, uh, just send me a text, once again, at 502-833-6136. Until next time, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Thanks for listening to Marketplace Ministry. What did God speak to you about during today's show? Join the conversation using hashtag Marketplace Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Got a question for the show? Email us at info at marketplaceministrypodcast.com or text us at 502-833-6136. Keep seeking God first and serving His people well and your business will prosper in Jesus' name. Attention all kingdom-minded entrepreneurs and ministry leaders. Are you looking to connect with like-minded believers and grow in your walk with Christ? Look no further. The Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneur's Mastermind is here to help you discover your purpose, build your faith, and impact your world for Jesus. With only 10 seats available, this exclusive group meets once a week for 90 minutes to offer hot seats and encourage one another in their journeys. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of a community that will support and edify you for an entire year. Sign up now for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneur's Mastermind and let's make a difference together. Visit MarketplaceMinistryPodcast.com slash mastermind to learn more.